Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the American Masterminds Podcast. Each episode, we invite extraordinary guests who are masters of their craft, they're innovators, entrepreneurs, and of course, motorcycle enthusiasts who have made their mark in the world. They share their stories, insights, and hard-earned wisdom, giving you a front row seat to the strategies and experiences that shape their successes. So sit back, grab a drink, and get ready for an exhilarating ride as we dive deep into the minds of these exceptional individuals. Along the way, we'll uncover powerful strategies, gain fresh perspectives, and explore the limitless possibilities of what it takes to be an American mastermind. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the American Masterminds podcast. I am your host tonight, Topher, and I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Rob Adams. What up, what up? We got Scott Watson up on the sound deck. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I am so excited. I have been working so hard to get these group of guys on our podcast, and I can't wait to see where we go tonight. We are joined by Pirate, Ghost, and Face from The Punishers. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Great to be here. Thank you. So uh, let's jump right in. Let's let's start with a little background and just a short little clip. Tell us who The Punishers are and kind of what you're about. So Punishers are a law enforcement motorcycle club. We have law enforcement fire, military, EMS, and like-minded individuals in our organization. Our worldwide motto is in service to others. So every chapter around the world, they hold events and attend events to help other people. And and that's what we're all about. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I was reading this charter up here, and I just have to ask a question. So I don't know who it was, but my dad, who has a motorcycle, he came across, he broke down on the side of the road, and a group of punishers showed up and got talking to him, and now he, we're in criminal law, and somehow he thinks he is, uh, he fits the qualifications and is going to go find you guys. Well, <laughs> if he really is interested, give him my number, have him reach out, and depending on where he lives, we can definitely find a uh, chapter close to him. Hmm. All right, well. Very cool. I'll have to pass that information on to him, so. Go ahead. I know you like to lead us off with something. Oh well, uh, gentlemen. So um, we have uh, we have law enforcement. We've got different departments, and we're not going to discuss the departments um, for anonymity of those departments. But how long have you been in law enforcement, prior? Uh, ten years now. Ten years, long enough to know better. Yes. Yeah, I love that. And Ghost, you said you were in for seven years. Yeah. And then, Face, you were in for how long? Five years, so all oh, long enough to know better. That's interesting. Um, what is it that drew you, let's start with you, Pirate, into law enforcement? Well, honestly, I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, my uncle, he worked for a local agency, got pretty high up, and he was really talking to me about going into law enforcement when I turned 21, and I did my own thing for a few years. And when I was 26, one of my really good friends from high school, he called me and said hey you should apply to this agency and come work with me and I applied got hired and he left to another agency (laughs) like right before I got hired and uh, started off and and just continued and I have transferred to one other agency since then very nice yeah yeah it seems like uh, in law enforcement I and I'm I'm not I was in law enforcement for a while, mostly corrections, nothing, uh, no judgment. I did my time and I started at the prison and then I went to the county and then, and then, then it just seems like there's always a better program just over the horizon. And it seems like there's some level of dissatisfaction in departments where you're just like, man, I can't bet they don't do that over there. But then you go over there and guess what? 
they do that. They do that thing. So it's an interesting dance. People move around quite a bit. So you never know who you're going to be working with if you sit around long enough. You, the people come and go, right? Oh, absolutely. Like, I actually started at the state prison as well. Oh, is that right? So, yeah. I, I worked UN1, went to transport, did the whole swap thing and all that. So. Wow. The SWAT, did you yeah. run up uh, the Widowmaker? Uh, yeah, I, I have ran up the Widowmaker. Yeah. <laughs> I tried out for those fools, never made it. So props on you because I thought I was pretty tough until I got to the top of the Widowmaker and was rethinking my toughness. It was. Wait, what's the Widowmaker? Well, the Widowmaker, if you remember on any given Sunday, that motorcycle movie, yeah. uh, that there's, there's that out in Draper, that's a hill that they rode the motorcycle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's called the Widowmaker. Yeah. And there's a point that they, uh, on the SWAT team, they would run you up to the top of the Widowmaker. And back then, the road, when I was there, the road still went all the way down around the mine hadn't taken over that strip mine there. Then you'd come back around, and then they would take you, and you would do a, um, it's kind of a hostage simulation or something. So you were just exhausted. Just I would be beat down, and then they took you in, and you'd have to do some kind of a... I just got my butt kicked. The guy just owned to me. I'm just like, all right, here's my gun. Go ahead, do whatever. I was, I was so <laughs> exhausted. So uh, props. That's that's an amazing feat. Appreciate that story. So, how about you, Ghost? What got you into uh, law enforcement? I came from a uh, family that did nothing but uh, give to other people. My I followed in my mom's footsteps. She was an EMT for 42 years, always in service to other people. Um, when I got old enough, moved out, got into security, um, uh, executive protection, stuff like that. Then I went into the sheriff's office. We did uh, search and rescue. I was, uh, it was on the high angle ropes rescue team. Wow. So That's some technical stuff. Training never ends there. You're always in training. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. never sitting around. There's not, that's not the kind of law enforcement where you uh, get to have a cup of coffee. Just, you know, like those guys are out busting it all the time So because you're never fully ready, right? It's amazing. All right, Face, what's your story? <laughs> uh, so originally my, my goal was to go into the military, so I did ROTC in college. Things happened, didn't end up working out, lost my NCAA scholarship, shattered my arm. <laughs> what sport? <laughs> Doing dumb shit. Uh, fighting BJJ. No shit. Yeah, I was in a tournament, had my arm shattered. Oh, man. Oh, man. So... Not the smartest move when you're on an NCAA scholarship. Maybe don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but left college, and I was actually um, still wanting to serve in some capacity, but had no idea what I was doing. So in the meantime, I was actually working for a church just as uh, facilities technician, security coordinator, kind of the, the fix-it guy, more or less. But we contracted to the local police department for private security on Sundays. Mm -hmm. So through working with them and talking with them, kind of told them about my background a little bit. And they said, well, we're hiring. Have at it. Hmm. So threw the application in and spent five years running around Metro Atlanta. Very <laughs> nice. Very nice. Well, um, I got into law enforcement, very similar story to you. I, it was family. They're just like, what are you doing now? Like, and I had no definite direction in my life and I ended up in um, started at the prison and it was a great experience I'm so glad I got to go to ex-military I served in the uh, in the Navy I actually was still in the Navy when I joined um, and so I ended up going from there and then went uh, joined the sheriff's office and they were loaded with Army National Guard uh, the, the MP unit that's out there and there was a ton of us that were in there and they were like you should come out to our weekends we this is and this and this and we had to shoot guns and I was like man that sounds like a good time so I jumped from the Navy over into the Army had to do all my training again but what a great experience for me to go through as a young man to uh, really form up some discipline and 
uh, put some uh, perspective um, in my mind that I don't know if I'd have. Once you, you can't unsee some of the things you get to see. Um, that's the that's the truth, right? Oh, absolutely. Get, I, I've get seen to some. Or have to see. Yeah, yeah, both, right? It's sometimes uh, an adventure. Like I can't believe I just saw that, and there's other teams like I can't believe I just saw that. Like it's terrible. So that's that's the horse story that he wants me to tell. Let's hear it. Let's, let's hear it. Go, let's hear it. <laughs> oh goodness. Just so you know, I haven't heard this story either. So you haven't heard the horse story? No, I haven't heard okay. it. Um, so. Those that aren't familiar with Metro Atlanta area, Interstate 85, as it gets down towards Atlanta, it's pretty wide. You know, I think in downtown Atlanta itself, across both lanes, it's like 20 lanes. Oh. It's, it's something stupid. Yeah. Wait, is that one direction? No, 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 both, going both ways. Okay. All, like all the way across it, in, down in the center. So where I worked, uh, when this incident happened, it was five lanes across. Anyway. Um, we had a lot of people that worked in South Georgia as horse traders, farmers, that kind of thing. And they would drive up to North Georgia mountains for different fairs, events, rodeos, things like that. Well, one Thursday, Thursday or Friday, we get, we get a 911 phone call that we initially assume is a prank because somebody's saying there's bodies on interstate 85. So we're like, uh, the fuck (laughs) so the sergeant kind of pushes it off we think it's a joke then it's you know there's more and it just starts to to snowball so we start getting people out there um you know we're lights and sirens the whole way we're screaming over 100 miles an hour we think we're you know getting ready for something right so i get about a half a mile to where they uh they say the incident has taken place and I go to start slowing down, and I start sliding. I'm sliding on 85 northbound in a police car. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, come to find out that a farmer that was taking his horses up to some event in North Georgia, the back door of his horse trailer had become unlocked or uh, broke or something like that, and four of his horses fell out of no. the back of the trailer. Oh. Three of them got obliterated by a tractor trailer and various other vehicles. Oh my God. So I am sliding through horse blood and oh. body parts. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's all over 85. Um, oh my God. So there, there were in fact bodies on oh. 85. Horse but, bodies. Yeah. Oh man. And but you it, can't it, tell the difference probably when you're Oh my sliding God. through it. No, you're sliding through it. The under the underside of our cars were Duh. just disgusting. Oh, that's uh, gross. But yeah, Terrible. it was a whole section, and it was right where it broke uh, from 85 to 985. So we've got you know six lanes of this major interchange shut down, and yeah. God, yeah. Four <laughs> horse, one horse could take two lanes, no problem. Well, how do you clean that up? <laughs> even do you like have to call up the hazmat team? So they... basically, we uh, we called the fire department for a washdown. Mm. Um, well. First, those of us unlucky enough to be working put on rubber gloves and we're like grabbing hooves and ears and manes and like having to pull it out of the roadway so like people can travel. And then we get the fire department out and just kind of have them hose it down to the best of their ability. But aside from that, it just, it's going to deteriorate eventually. So, 
Oh my gosh. I smelled for a really long time. Oh yeah. Wow. Welcome to Atlanta. <laughs> what, what is that delightful aroma? Well, funny you should ask. Yeah, that's bodies. Horse guts everywhere. So, yes. That that's the horse story that he loves to hear. My my dad actually um, anytime he meets somebody new that he's more or less comfortable with, he asks me to tell the horse story. The horse story. <laughs> yes. Well, you're yeah. tell, you're going to tell that one the rest of your life. That's a Terrifically terrible story. <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, so being in law enforcement and coming from these different um, areas, I know, um, I think he's your, is it chaplain? Do you guys have a chaplain level? Uh, uh, Lane? Yes. Yes. Sharp. He's a good friend of mine. And, Dusty. Um, what's, his, what's his? Dusty. Dusty. Um, helped him find a home about 100 years ago. And um Still have still friends, so that means I must have done it, done it right. But he's one of those great guys that uh, talks about the uh, the services that you guys are you're doing in the community all the time. Can we talk about how you choose your projects and and some of the things you're involved in right now in the community? Absolutely. So it, it kind of depends on time of year when we can set up events, that type of thing, and we look at what certain organizations are doing or who actually needs the help. Um, and our help, uh, what we do doesn't just help outside and help everybody else, but we also help internally where we have brothers that are having financial issues, struggling, or they're going through medical issues. And so we, we even raise funds internally as well to help out our members. Uh, on top of that, we also have uh, what is referred to as the 31st chapter. Uh, when our club was still new, we had 30 chapters before our first member passed away. Wow. So uh, our founders decided the 31st chapter is going to be dedicated to our fallen brothers. Those mm. souls. So mm. we can always remember them. Goosebumps yes. just thinking about the 31st. Yeah. So, um, wow. so we actually have a 31st chapter fund. And as soon as a brother enters the 31st chapter... Um, you know this coming from law enforcement, but we shroud the eyes on our front round on our patch as a show of respect and to show that we are in mourning uh, for a brother, and that is worldwide. Wow. That is uh, for 10 days uh, worldwide, everybody will shroud their eyes on their front round. Wow. And then, but the nine, but the 31st chapter fund, we will actually cut a check to the family. Uh, to help out with any expenses immediately and try wow. to help them out. Wow. What a terrific idea. Hmm. That's amazing because a lot of times you're not planning on dying. Yeah. <laughs> and most of us are poor planners. Like I think about that all the time. Like I should have a will. I should have a trust. I should have a, I should, I should, I should. And I think I don't because I'm, I'm immortal still. You know what I mean? But where none of us are, right? And that's a great idea. Way wow. to support Eight. one another. Except for Face, who's immortal. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I learned uh, three months ago that I am not. And it's a miracle that I am sitting in this chair. Well, if you own a motorcycle. Was that a motorcycle incident? Uh-huh. And it's still in the middle of a lawsuit and under investigation. So. What? Wow. What happened? I was thrown off of my motorcycle at 70 miles an hour on I-15. What? And damage to my head, broken bones in my back, fingers. Wait, wait. Three months ago? Yeah, August 4th. Wow. wow. As I said, immortal. 
That's, wow. So what's a miracle you're here? Uh, somebody decided they needed the HIV lane more than I did. Cup, cut a couple of lanes over, and then freaked out or for whatever reason decided they needed to continue through the lane. Struck the median barrier, which bounced the car in the air. She spun, and that's when she struck me. Oh my I saw God. the car go in the air, so I tried to make a lane change to get out of the way. And she spun right into me and knocked me to the other side of the freeway. Oh, my God. Wow. Were you wearing a helmet? That is why I'm sitting here. Yes. Wow. Well, thank <laughs> God. Thank God you're here. Yeah. No kidding. That's a, that's a miracle right there. It's, it, it happens quick on uh, these bikes. And I think, um, yeah, I hear stories like that. And it makes me, when I pull away from my garage, I think that, I don't know if you guys do this, but maybe it's a sign of my age, but I think this might be the last time I... I'm pulling away. This might be it. This is might be it. And so it really makes me very present with my, uh, I have a beautiful family and a beautiful home. Very blessed. God has shined his light upon me, you know, and I know that, but it really makes me appreciate that. I think this kind of a lifestyle, owning a motorcycle, uh, do you guys feel that way? Or am I alone that way? Do you ever think that? Oh, I think you're... about dying every second I'm on it. As soon as I get on my <laughs> bike, I have a moment of like, this is, this is a decision, you know, and so I don't know if that means I'm thinking about selling my bike because it doesn't feel like it. I still love my motorcycle, but I hear stories like this, and I think, what a miracle that you're even sitting here today. Mm -hmm. Happens quick. Well, um, I love the 31st chapter. I'm grateful that you're here. Um, it seems to me that um, service is the, the reoccurring theme that's running through, the, through your organization. What attracted you to the Punishers in the first place? Was it the service mentality? Was it the law enforcement mentality? Like, what is the draw? It was a lot of things, actually. So uh, with our chapter, we actually originated from a small local MC. We were a single chapter. Uh, myself and a few others founded it. And after a while, uh, like our goals, our bylaws, our, everything we had was almost identical to what the Punishers have already established. Hmm. And we ended up meeting another local chapter and uh, talked to them about the Punishers. And the first time where we talked, we went away, had, had a meeting, and we're like, yeah, we're, we love what we have. We love the small camaraderie we have. And then we met them again at another ride and talked to them more. And that's when we met again. And I talked to... Uh, one of the other presidents at the time and he got me more information and just so happened we were having a barbecue that night so we had a barbecue i went over all of the punishers uh, sop so the standard operating procedures uh, and said hey so i was president of that uh, cl that club at the time and i was like hey let's give it a week we'll reconvene in a week we'll hold a vote and ghost here like 45 minutes later it's like you know what after reading through all that talking to those guys seeing what they stand for what they represent it's identical to what we are trying to strive for and we want to continue to grow so why not join a brotherhood that is worldwide and uh he said 
I know how I'm going to vote, so let's just get this vote over with, and everyone agreed. So, <laughs> like, yeah, we already yeah. know how this is going to go. Let's just get it done. Let's not, let's, what are we talking about? Let's do this. I love that. What, are, what were those tenets that really drew you to the, the Punishers? So one of it was the in-service to others. It, they really wanted to focus on giving back to the community, giving back to people in need. Uh, like one of the rides that we do here locally is... Like we teamed up with wingers down in uh, Spanish Fork. Wing nuts. Wing nuts. That's yeah. yeah. Wing, nuts. Wing nuts down in Spanish Fork, and we hold a we help sponsor a ride for its service pets for veterans. Mm. So we get uh, veterans that are in need. We raise money to be able to buy dogs uh, for them, and the training the trainers that we have aligned also uh, it's act that we get the dogs and the trainers through another organization which vice president of one of our other chapters he's on the board for that it's iggy 622 so they they focus on getting training for the life of the dog to that service member hmm. and the trainers will actually go to the service member's house hmm. and work with them and the dog one-on-one -on -one to train them for their needs and what what they need that service dog for that's huh. amazing that's what a really great cool that's it yeah that's a really good cause oh yeah absolutely yeah that's and that, really big success too that's awesome oh yeah well if um so that's that's a great initiative um also serving within the brotherhood serving outside the brotherhood a lot of service happening here um i um uh, <clears throat> you know, take my hat off to anyone that is doing service. I think that if that's your, one of your core values, you're in one of the right places. As I've grown older, I've come to learn that you surround yourself with those, um, the people that you want to be around. You know what I mean? I, I've, I've got less and less time for nonsense, if you know what I'm talking about. And um, so I can see the brotherhood happening, but on a national level, how many chapters do we have here in Utah? Uh, we have four chapters in Utah. Currently. So there's like a Davis, like Northern Utah. Yeah. So we have Northern Utah, like Salt Lake County, Utah County, and then St. George. St. George. Okay. And all of the chapters are built with similar um, profiles, similar lines of work. It's all everywhere yes. across the nation. It's all about law enforcement, military, not just the nation around the world, around so, the see, world. I want you to, you said that three or four times. Will you dip into that a little bit? Where, where are the punishers at in the world? Everywhere. 21 countries? Something like that, about 21 countries. Uh, it was 26. I know, it was we, I know we lost one, but... Is it 26 now? So, we'll just start, obviously, Canada. Is that a country? <laughs> Actually, I, I absolutely... You want to take that one back? We'll cut it out uh, later. No. Filthy so, Canadians. Yeah. Cut it, cut it. So I actually absolutely love those brothers. They travel down all the time to our events here in the States. They are some amazing men and great brothers, and they're the type of guys that once you meet them once, you guys are best friends with them, and sure, they yeah. will do anything for you. And it's kind of like having a lifelong best friend where you don't need to see them all the time, but as soon as you're together, you're right back where you were. Huh. And they're, they're amazing. Yeah, amazing it's boot guys. time. Yeah. Boot the boot time. The boot time. Yeah. 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 Hey? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, if they ever bring me Timbits, though, like, or even, well, Timbits has kind of gone downhill. <laughs> so, what is what's that? Timbits? Uh, 
Tim Hortons. It's oh, like Dunkin' Donuts oh, up in yeah, yeah, Canada. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they used to be great, but now they're kind of everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, that's great. Um, so, um, so Canada. Canada. We have let's see, Italy, France, um, Belgium, Belgium, Germany, Germany, wow. Germany Spain. Um, oh yes, Spain, Israel. Israel. Yeah. Um, well, with this many chapters all over the world, um, what are the, I mean, I would imagine that you have a worldwide event, worldwide events, national events, local events. Like, so, let's talk about that. So, yeah, we do have local events every chapter, like us trying to schedule around other local <laughs> chapters or regional areas, trying to make it so we can attend their events, they can attend ours. It's starts to get a little difficult but there's not a lot of open uh, weekends in the summer no especially <laughs> playing, utah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. it's every weekend somebody's got something yeah yeah um so we actually have currently it is two events nationally uh we have uh nationals where's that home? and it changes every year so uh or every event um let's see last one was in colorado Oh, nice. Um, then the one last December, that, that winter, was our winter one, winter one was uh, down in uh, Mississippi. Uh, that one was awesome. And mm. that food down there. Oh, mm, uh, right? Yeah. I mean, grits? Can you make grits this yeah. good? Why can't we do this at home? Nope, it's <laughs> not the same. You should see no. what happens to these boys when I cook some some decent southern food yeah we have one one guy chief he uh usually quite literally licks the bowls clean <laughs> that's amazing yeah, no washing no he's, yeah, he's put them back in the cupboard uh -huh. that's awesome yeah. yeah so when you go to these national events what do you guys do so one day is actually dedicated to different meetings so we have like a national officer meeting worldwide board meeting president's meeting um national sergeant at arms meeting national enforcer meeting uh regional captain meetings and so organizational stuff yeah, this is how things are working stuff, this is the yeah. reporting up and reporting down dues bylaws yeah. everything is being covered everything mm -hmm. everything okay. any changes um and then go on a ride so this year they had two rides i know one went up to pike's peak oh wow so where um, in colorado was it it was Denver. in Denver. Yeah, just north of Denver. North. Okay, I can't remember the small town name. No worries. So yeah. okay, up to Pikes Peak, great ride. Oh yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, I, I had to work the entire event with my position. So oh yeah, you were um, one you of the facilitators of the event. Uh, no, with me being a National Sergeant at Arms, uh, my primary duty is working security during national events. Oh, so. Got it. All right. And then, so that's site day two. So that's the first day. Yeah. Oh, first day. So, well, yeah, the first night is the, it's usually like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday event. Okay. Uh, Thursday night is when everyone gets there and we usually party. Meet and greet. Yeah. yeah. Meet and greet, party, and then. Connect with Canada. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh yeah. And is, um, are the Punishers a uh, male? dominated club or yes. okay yeah it is a male only club so traditional in that that sense excellent so. and then okay so we've got thursday we all get together then um friday we're all hung over so we're gonna go to some meetings and be miserable yep absolutely and then <laughs> friday night 
It's we're going to party again. Party again, yep. And then Saturday, we're going for a ride. Saturday is a ride, and then that how, evening... How many we, bikes were we talking about in this uh, ride? Oh, they had, I think it was... 600? Something oh. like that. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was a very, very large group to where we actually had to contact all the local agencies, and they were shutting down intersections for us. <laughs> wow. 600 bikes. Yeah, it's got to be one perk for the Punishers. You've got connections to make that. Oh, that absolutely. Happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys. Not, not that you didn't know we were in town. Yeah. We no, we, we gave them oh, yeah. all a heads up, let them know we're coming. Well, I'm sure that the are. chapters there, that all the chapters there, are there, they know it's coming. It's like it's a big deal. And yeah. I'm sure you schedule out a national organization. It's you know it's happening next year and where and when, right? Already. Yeah. Dang, that so, is so cool. I will say Colorado, our, our brothers out there did an amazing job organizing it, getting everything set up. Uh, they did very well. That's cool. Ooh, that's awesome. But there's some um, local pride, too, in the departments. Like, we're hosting this. Let's make this make this right. Let's oh, do it yeah. well. Absolutely. Heck, yeah. yeah. That's that's badass. <laughs> that's really that. cool. Yeah. And then, uh, so, so we've got uh, Saturday, we've gone for the ride. Now, Sunday, everyone starts to depart. Everyone's yeah. going home. So Well, Saturday night, we actually hold a banquet. And they go over awards. Uh, we have different awards for a ton of, ton of things, like uh, Punisher of the Year, who has basically risen the most and helped out the most. And it's just service just awards, different yeah, time different service awards, huh. that type of thing. And, it's fantastic. Uh, we even have uh, mileage awards. Uh, oh, really? So who puts on the most miles. Yeah, you're, you're the guy? Yeah, so... So yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna out you for that. So, uh, so we have uh, we have it split. So we have uh, Northern U.S. National Mileage Champion, which I was for last year for 2022. How many miles is that, may I ask? So I submitted to uh, 26,428 oh, miles. So, holy um, leather ass, brother! That's yeah. a lot of <laughs> a lot of time in the saddle. That's and amazing. I don't know if you know this or not, but that's that's enough miles to. Just barely circled the globe once. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. <laughs> um, I didn't know that. Um, and then the southern guys, it's always always from Florida. Those guys kill it. They rally yeah. down there. I, yeah. They probably have more um, riding days. Riding days. Yeah. But yeah. They, I bet they ride the rain, too. They're not afraid of the rain because it just rains down well, there all the time. Well, the guy that, uh, that won it last year, Dirt, he um, he's actually the one that got me into the Punisher, so... A little dirt, bit of pride dirt? for me. Dirt, yeah. Oh. Dirt's your guy? Dirt is my guy. I like that. Um, but he, like, he rode across the country, what, twice last year? Just this year. There this year, excuse me. Um, yeah. But, oh, my hell. I mean, he was, how many miles did he rack up last year? I what think was it number? was like 33 yeah, or 36,000 miles. I can't remember. Dang. Yes. Yeah. That's a whole motor rebuild a year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're getting two sets of tires going through that run. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Wait, I got to ask, what do you ride? Uh, which one? That's There's a great the right question. Answer. Okay. That's the right answer. Yes. <laughs> that makes sense. So, so, and I have ridden all three in one day. So, um, my work bike, 2020 Harley Electric Glide police bike, um, which is really fun. And then I have a 2016 Harley Fatboy S, which is mostly stock. Mostly stock. The logo, just the logo. The is only still thing stock. that is stock is the frame. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, the windshield was Memphis Shades. But <laughs> all, right. all right, okay, we see how this works. So, uh, so the only thing stock it as far as motor-wise on that bike is the lower case. That is it. Wow. So it, it has a you lot do your of money work? to it. No, not not that <laughs> much of a work. No. Right. Like I, I'm good adding accessories and doing oil changes and services and doing brakes, all of that. But when when it comes down to that's science, man. Yeah. No, I'll I'll let the professional certified guys who will cover it with a warranty take care of that. And good. I have a fantastic local shop that built it. And you want to do a shout out for those guys? Yeah, Chapel Motorcycle Shop. Chapel, preach. Yeah. Right. So, Those guys do some good work. Oh, absolutely, and and they they killed it on my bike. Really, like, yeah. some good work. Oh, absolutely. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. Wait, well, shout out one? to Chapel. Third what's the third bike? one? Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> third bike. Uh, so a couple months ago, I just purchased a 2023 Road Glide ST, one of the fast Johns. Yeah, yeah. So it's that blue with the white racing. Stripe. Oh yeah, I yeah. remember your bike. Yeah, you won. You didn't. You win the. Um, no, he over. beat me at the slow wait, race. Wait, wait, are you no, talking no, about? Oh, look, are you talking about best bike? Best or? bike, the best yeah. bagger. Yeah, the blue and white one. I, I put my vote in for that one. No, unfortunately, I didn't. But another Punisher won that with his uh, 2018 CVO Road Glide. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Can we just talk real fast that you guys should be outlawed from all slow, slow drag competitions, yeah. <laughs> any That's, riding? That like, is not okay. It's not fair. You guys were parked. <laughs> yeah, I think it was you. Just kind of parks it on your bike. No, that was him. That was him. No, that was him. Oh, man. It was him. That was amazing. It was impressive. Your bike didn't move. Yeah. <laughs> Balance it on a knife edge. We, we did nice. a training event one day where we went to an empty parking lot, and we were, we were just practicing <laughs> slow, slow turn maneuvers and just going slow, and I'm right behind him. And when it comes to slow, I feel that I'm pretty, pretty damn good at slow. And I got behind him, yeah, he and he just kept going slower, and then he would stop, and then he would move an inch and stop, and I kept getting closer and closer. And you technically, if you pass or go around or out of the, out of the lane, you lose. Right. And he, he just came to a dead stop. And I was like, get out of the way. I've never laid, I mean, I've been riding most of my life, and I've never laid a bike down. Oh, yeah. Knock on wood. You better, yeah, yeah find he, something he, here. This is wood, right? Yeah, yeah. Knock on wood, but. And I was like, I was like, no, nope, I got to get out of this because either I'm going to lay it down or <laughs> I wasn't about to do that. But yeah, he just came just to a dead stop, and I'm like thinking, dude, you got to go, got to go, move, move, move. And I was like, nope, nope. no, I don't. <laughs> Parks. <laughs> How in the hell do you do that? So um, I've not nearly had as much time as he has, but I was uh, motors trained in Georgia. Oh wow. So. Is that a is that like a place to get trained at? No, the for police department. Okay. Police motors. So I did three years of training with them. I was never officially assigned to the patrol unit, but I rode with them every month and trained me, kept up my skills. And huh. So we, I had basic and advanced certifications with them. Very cool. So through that and then, I mean, shit, I've been riding dirt bikes since I was four or five. Wow. It's just been a part of my life hmm. in, what is in this, its entirety. What is the secret? Because somebody, a rumor, because we were all sitting there watching you do this, said that you have to sit up, almost on the tank, don't sit back in the seat. So that cha it helps change your center of gravity, but what's gonna get you to do what I did, what he does, and what all the motors do, um, there's, when it comes to motor training, there are six things that we teach you that are, if you don't do these six things, you will not pass, you will not complete it, you will not ride like a motor. Look, lock, lean, clutch, throttle, brake. So by utilizing your clutch, your throttle, and your brake, you create friction. 
When you create friction in the bike, you can stand up like I did. And then if you want to make those tight turns like we do, look where you want to go, lock the bars, lean into it, and then utilize clutch throttle brake. And I mean, you can watch us do it. We'll turn circles inside of two parking stalls easy. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen the, the races, you know, the maneuver races, and I'm like, how are they doing that? Is that a specialty bike? And no, it's their, it's the service bike. It's your... I can get on your bike and do it. I don't know if I could throw that big old pig around. She's <laughs> she's healthy. I'm just going to say it. But, yeah. What, what, do you, what do you have? It's a 2018 uh, Harley Roguelide CVO. It's just a gun, the gunship gray in my Navy days. Yeah, I can do it. I bet you could. But now I'd get her back all crooked. You know what I mean? What, what happened? You wouldn't get her back crooked. No, it'd be handled. Yeah. All right. Now the floorboards would be scraped. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> your floorboards might be gone. Yeah. I'll tattoo your uh, driveway out here for you. <laughs> Just some figure eights. All right. Well, <clears throat> no. How about no? <laughs> I, I guess that's fair. I love that fat girl. I don't want her scraped up. That's That's, that's amazing stuff. Well, I... Um, I could use some slow practice. I'm terrible slow. I, I get, I feel out of control. That's slow. I, well, it's a good thing that you mentioned it because we are currently working on something to oh. start putting out some of those skills to y'all and like the general public. Hmm. What are you guys thinking? Yeah. So we're in the process of... I might get in trouble for this later. Yeah. <laughs> you can call me. Also. Yeah. <laughs> we're in the... So we... We absolutely love the riding community. Uh, I don't care what your background is, anything. And I think with both of us being in law enforcement and search and rescue and seeing and knowing a lot of people that have crashed on, on their bikes, well, a lot of it is they just don't have the skills to be able to react, react appropriately oh, on yeah. the roadway. So... Um, we decided that like a lot of the police training that we get, it focuses on safety while out on the roadway and being able to, those tight turns and being able to slow down quickly and knowing how that bike works and making it just an extension of your own body um, can really save your life. Oh yeah. And so- I've got a great video of it saving yes. my life. Yeah, so- um, we decided we're going to try and start up a, an advanced rider school. I'm so, in. Um, we haven't set the exact hours, uh, but we are looking at a four-day course. In yeah, the process, so, and we're still discussing it. Yeah. But. So the only thing that they have out, out here, at least in Utah, is a five-hour course for experienced riders. Minimum requirement on that is 2,000 miles on a bike. It's not an experience. That's rider. not an experience. No, it's still a new rider. <laughs> so, and you have to take it in for a service if yeah. you bought a new one. You haven't got your first service on the yeah. bike yet. So, one other thing that we're going to do is a beginner rider course, but to pass our course, it's going to be a lot more difficult than what any other course or the basics for the driver's license division is. Uh, we want new riders and experienced riders to come out and be the safest rider they possibly can and knowing the limitations of the bike and what their abilities are. And I, I honestly believe that anybody that can jump onto a bike and is willing uh, to 
you know, take a hit to their pride and be told that they're doing something wrong and this is how they need to do it, uh, they could become one of the best writers there is. Well, you'd be foolish. You'd be foolish to think you know it all. I think I know everything and that's when I realize I don't know anything. That's just like an opening too. And so um, anyone that doesn't think they can improve in a skill that's going to save their life, come on. Like that's silly. I think it's a great idea, guys. I would love to help promote that and get that out there. Is there a cost per... Again, still in the still process, in the works. still figuring it out. But if it's something you'd be interested in, once we actually have a viable product, we'll let you know. Yeah, I yeah, totally. Let me know. Yeah. Yep. I'll fill that class up for you in a quick hurry. How big is a class? What do you, yeah. Six. Six people. Six. Yep. So that way it's more one-on-one -on -one time with an instructor. We're not, we're not out to fill the classes, make money. Right. We are here to improve to skills, improve skills yeah. and like I, I, me as a first responder, so part of my job is actually a fatal accident investigator mm. for the county. So I go out to fatal car and motorcycle accidents. All the time. Uh, all it. the time. Um, and I absolutely hate seeing, going to a scene and seeing a bike down. That is, uh, um, personally, I have been to an accident scene where I got called out. I didn't know any information about it until I show up. And I see a bike and I recognize it. No, uh, no. It's happened multiple times. So um, that, that's the unfortunate side. And I want to do everything I can to make the riders safer. Uh, I, yeah, we're going to have to deal with the idiots in cages. People that are in their own world and only care about themselves and aren't paying attention They're to conscious. anything else. Yes. Yeah. So let me ask you this, and um, what is, in your experience as an investigator, as you're seeing these things, motorcycle and, and auto alike, like what's the single biggest contributor to the accidents that you're seeing? Because you, there's got to be a trend. So a couple things, speed, distracted driving, and under the influence. So speed for the conditions, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah, for speed so, for conditions. Yeah. And then under the influence and distracted driving, texting. Yes, the, yeah, texting, eating, talking to passengers and not really paying attention to the roadway mm. or paying attention to the radio, but most of the time it is their phone. Hmm. So, yeah. Wow. All right. Well, that's uh, good things to think about if you're listening to the podcast and you are guilty of any of those things, and I know I am. I, I can be better at that. Oh, we all are. We all are. We all suck at it. Yeah, and, but um, being conscious could save a life. That's a thing, and... It doesn't take much to just put your phone down. Uh, my daughter, I got to tell you, she uh, painted my thumbnail. I, was, I had such a problem with it. She painted it red so that I would start doing my thing. And I'd do that red thumbnail <laughs> to remind me to stop. She painted it red. I walked Look around with that. red thumbnails for a second. And I, I was surprised at how much I did it. I'm not even, I wasn't even conscious of how much I was on my phone. But it really it was a good idea to like bring me to that awareness. And I just plug it in and put it over there. You know, get my book going or podcast and... Try to forget about it. I think we suck at it more as cops because we rode for however many years. I've got a <clears> computer <throat> sitting next to me. Right. I was, I was solitary. Like, <laughs> I'm running to a call and I'm typing the dispatcher and I'm also driving, like, which is not good. Yeah. Let's make that super clear. That's yeah. not that's, good. That's, that's okay. bad. <laughs> that's bad. Yeah. But, you know, we, we have that kind of experience. So we think, ah, it's just I'm good, and then this is you get the training, you, you, then you get lazy with it, right? Yes. Kind of like on a personal note for me, it's like every time I'm out, I'm always watching everyone around me. The moment I pass you, I always look, make 
eye contact with the person to see what they're doing. Like if they're they're on their phone, I was like, all right, I'm gonna get away from you. Yep. You know. Now, okay, person behind me texting Blue Audi. You know, that type of thing. I try to keep a mental note of who's around me and what every everybody's doing around me. So helps me helps keep me safer. That's something I've really liked about having a bigger bike. I, I went from a Kawasaki like 1600 to this 117, and there's something there about like this person's not paying attention, and you can just kind of get away from them. Of course, you want to you know be going with the flow, staying safe. But um, I never appreciated that until I got the bigger bike, and it's just like I feel safer because I can get out of the way if I need to. Sometimes you can't. That car's going to nope. spin around and come get you. Because I had a 117. Yeah, and it did not help. <laughs> didn't help. Didn't help. But there's sometimes there's some some value in having the horsepower to get you yeah. out of trouble. Crazy stuff. Well. Um, so as we're talking about the Punishers and we're talking about your local club specifically, what is, what do you see happening or what is your goal? Do you have a, um, for this next year or this year as far as growth and, um, affiliations or like where, where's the Punishers going? So growth, we're, we're always open to talk with anybody that is interested that can pass a background check because we do have. Uh, brothers that are in certain positions that cannot associate with anyone convicted of crimes. So, okay, so a background check, no felonies. No felonies, even misdemeanors have to be explained. Um, there are some that we'll be okay with, like like so, something so happened. driving violations that are happen to be misdemeanors. They, As long as they can explain it and say, hey, oh, I had drug charges when I was 17 and now I'm 35 and... Have I haven't since. had anything since then, then we'll look at that. Okay. Um, but what else do you need to do yeah. in order to be a punisher? So you have to have your mo motorcycle endorsement. Okay. Have to have, um, your own motorcycle, obviously, a and you have to ride it. So Imagine that. surprising. We've yeah. met a few clubs that that's not a, yeah, it's that's not a thing. Not a thing. You don't have to have a bike. How do you have a, how, what do you have a club? Be a not a motorcycle club. club. That's yeah. a social club. Yeah, and that's what it is. Um, a couple of but great folks, just a weird perspective for a motorcycle club. So continue, yep. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then either military, law enforcement, fire, first responder, background. Uh, we do accept like-minded on a case-by-case -case basis. And... Um, Really, it's also not just what your background is. It's also who you are. Um, we we do have a prospecting time. How much? Uh, minimum of six months. Okay. Um, I've seen uh, members get patched in at 18, 19 months. So it kind of it takes as long as it takes. Yeah. Yep. Um, and with that, it's learning who we are, what we're about. Uh, getting to know each and every member of the chapter, uh, getting to know each and every member in the state, and also attending events and knowing our bylaws, knowing our SOPs, and knowing their chain of command. Uh, it's a lot like military and, and law enforcement service where it, you don't break your chain of command and you follow your SOPs. When you guys ride, do you ride uh, in order of chain of command? Yes. Interesting. All right. Okay. So growth number one. What's the next thing that you would see yourself in the in the next year? Um, so in the next year, uh, so every year we ho uh, hold the Utah Red Rock Rally, and that's all the chapters in Utah. We get together and host that. Uh, last year we held it 
uh, actually down in Mesquite because mm. it was actually warm and it was April. So it was Makes fantastic sense. getting yeah. 90 degree weather. And so, um, so with the Utah Red Rock Rally, we've ha held it two years in, uh, in a row now. And with that, we actually team up with the Utah FOP Foundation, so the Fraternal Order of Police. And we raise money, and all that money is used for mental health support for current law enforcement officers in Utah. Um, I think in 2022, we raised enough funds that I think it was like 97 officers were able to go get uh, treatment and deal with some mental health support issues. So, wow. Yeah. Good for you guys. I know that that is a thing, and it is only going to get worse as the world gets crazier. We've got to take care of that mental health, make sure that we're all um, mentally strong in, in this space. I think um, I look at my experience in law enforcement and I always felt like, you know, you have this crazy um, expectation of uh, incredible performance coupled with incredibly uh, low pay associated with incredibly high um, social standards. You've got all these like things that are incongruent and you have to really, you have to really love the job. You can't be there because it's going to. It's not going to make you rich. It's not going to make you rich. Thank <laughs> you. And so you have to really love the job. And so I think that that's um, that's cool that you're providing services to people so they can live a healthy life in that environment because it is tough. It's a tough place to be. So absolutely amazing. Okay, so we've got um, the events and what where what else? One more one more thing that you're looking forward to. So yeah, writing for me. So, yeah, <laughs> I was, I was um, gonna say I'm I'm gonna actually gonna try to beat the the mileage. Award oh really? Next year. What's the plan? Good luck. Yeah. You've got some trips planned. Oh, it's on. Because look who you're sitting next to. Yeah, we just need a little bit of belief here, just a little bit of faith. My uh, my brother gave me a map of uh, for our general area for the the best route to ride all 48 states in i think it's it breaks it down to 10 days nope and oh my god no. ten, ten days. <laughs> my back my back ten. just went out <laughs> <and listened to laughs> that. just over eight thousand miles oh, oh my god, my god. I'm thinking in about 10 days ten? no that doesn't even sound okay hold on yeah, why would you punish yourself yeah cool and okay if you're gonna do it like Give yourself, like, just take a month. Three weeks. Three I weeks. Take, I can't take that much time off work. Okay. I mean, you can you can do it in 10 days, but it's ten not going to be days. enjoyable. You're going to be... Well, actually, I don't know. We just did the Iron Butt Award. We, we rode Butt. all the way down to Delta and then up to almost, almost to... Uh, Reno. Reno. And then I-80 all the way back. We did a thousand miles. And how long? Nineteen hours. Nineteen hours. <laughs> oh. And I was—I was actually still good to go. I mean, I was actually uh. thinking about riding into Wyoming, turning around, coming back. Uh, I just want to throw out on this. <laughs> My wife joined me for that, so she's badass biker chick. Yeah. And, and so, uh, a couple months before, um, we were actually riding out to Wendover because uh, we love those casinos. <laughs> so it, it was 109 degrees on I-80 oh, when man. like right before we were getting to the salt flats <laughs> and my wife actually passed out from heat stroke what? Oh my God. Um, and she ended up falling to the left side of the bike I, I've had I had that road glide for maybe oh, three was, weeks oh I, I thought it was like a week 
That was your first. Do you have a seat on the back? Like where she? Yep. So she had a backrest at the time. Okay. I I have a tour pack now. So she fell, um, and I actually ended up grabbing her before she fell all the way off the bike. Where her hand dragged on the road, and I was able to pull over and get stopped. And oh my god! Oh yeah! You're basically riding in an air fryer at 119. You know what I mean? Like that's that's cook up chicken. 109. Well, I'm, I'm going to say 119 because you're sitting on top of a gas explosion. Yeah. At the and same asphalt. Time. <laughs> yeah. It's hot. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So, and she, she was out of it for quite a, for about five minutes. She wasn't Completely really alert. Conscious. Yeah. What? So, like, I, I don't know how, but I got my side stand down, leaned my bike over, kept holding her up, and just held her up on my chest, and I was waving for cars for about five minutes before an awesome veteran pulled over and he helped. He's like, yeah, I saw you waving and I knew I needed to help you. Got her in the air conditioning. Yeah, got her in air conditioning. He had cold drinks and this is stupid part of me. It's like, oh, we're going out, out to Wendover. So I cleared out my saddlebags. I had water in there. I had a first aid kit and I just kind of grabbed them and tossed them out in the garage onto the shelf. And so I, I had nothing. And yeah, now I have first aid kit in both both saddlebags. I've got tourniquets. I've got bleed stuff. I have water that I always pack. Uh, and then uh, I also got a cooling vest that you soak in water mm-hmm. for my wife to wear. I uh, got her a modular helmet instead of just a full face so she can open it up, get air when she needs it. And she still ride with you? That was, oh, yeah. she did that thousand miles a uh, <laughs> couple, she is about a two badass months after biker, that. babe. That's oh, amazing. Yeah. I think if that happened to my my girl, we'd be we'd <laughs> that be bike's done. Gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> appreciate you, brother, but I'll stay home. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, and uh, getting the tour pack really helped her with that. Yeah. So, Those are nice. Yeah, even even the tour pack's ugly, and bikes are made for looks and speed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to want the, the the quick. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. The way oh, to yeah. go. Um, so let me ask you about your first aid kit. Do you have a place that you get your first aid kit? Do you assemble your own? Right here. Is that right? <laughs> so, right, right after actually uh, her accident, and I just I started to think to myself. I was like, you know what? We're not as a as a club, as a brotherhood, we're not prepared. Okay. Yeah. For that, so me and my me and my girl who oh sorry hello there you go I, I gotta eat this thing yeah <laughs> um, she uh, she works in the medical field. And she, me and her both went online and looked up these like little mini, uh, IFAC, uh, IFAC, IFAC, uh, little things. And we just ordered stuff online and filled up. I think we ended up, I, I, I sent out on our group chat, said, Hey, we need first aid kits on our bike. Who does not have one? And a bunch of people said, Hey, I would like one. I would like one. Ended up getting like, uh, 15 brothers that said, I would, I would like one. So me and my me and my girl just went out and ordered them, filled them up, and then we I handed them all out to church. And I made a rule that you will keep this in your left saddlebag. So, so everybody has so the same everybody, spot. So everybody knows where it's, it's at. It's the same thing. You know, what a great idea. On the same page, Make so. a note. Got it. That's a great idea. Yeah, write that down. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> write one. Write it down. Yeah. Make a note. Well, very cool. Uh, so that's in the next year. You have a lot of growth, a lot of things happening. Um, what's... So the, the, this organization has been around. I was looking for the date um, when it started. It's 1999. Been 1999. July 4th. Is that right? No yeah, kidding. That's our birthday. Yeah. Huh, yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. 
Um, so you see yourself being a member of this organization. You're a lifer. You're in for life. There's a lot of people that have been in since the beginning. Yes. Um, and and that's the way that it'll be. Do you have what? What is your oldest writer that you have in your? Ooh. Oh wait. No. Or Utah. Wait. Or total? Did you just raise your hand? Wait. Utah so, or total? Longest Utah. serving time in Utah is him. No way. Um, yeah. How old are you? Twenty nine. <laughs> Twenty nine, and you're the oldest serving in the in Utah. Yes. Did you bring Not it out oldest here? Age. Oldest. Not in the longest club. time in, in the, the club. club. Longest time in the club. Yes. In so Utah. I was pulled in by Dirt, who I mentioned earlier. From Florida. Yes. So we actually, at the time, living in Georgia, we lived in the same apartment complex, and we had garages one space apart. Oh wow. And um, he saw me out one day. Well, I was still in the police academy, and I had, this is my first motorcycle. You know, I'm out. I'm shining it, cleaning it up, making it look real nice. Well, hang on. Wait, wait. It, it was it was an off-road. Um, like a dual sport? K- KTM. That was, that was my fourth bike, but no. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if you could classify that, but no. My first one was a Yamaha FZ08 2013. Ooh, all right. I wrecked it racing in the of mountains course. behind Dahlonega. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> that was my first bike. I was out polishing, cleaning up, and Dirt walked over to me, and we just got talking about motorcycles because he had three in his garage. Um, so, so we were you talking. know you have a problem when you got three bikes. No, oh, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a problem, Bart? I do have a problem because I don't have. No, my no, problem you is don't. I don't have all my bikes that I want. Oh, so that's the one. Yeah. There's different situations <laughs> for different bikes. There I is. need a bunch of them. Yeah. I agree 100%. 100%. You need the show bike, you need the tour bike, you need the speed bike, you need the one to go around town, and one to put her on the back of. Oh, we just, uh, one of our friends just bought the, uh, the new Harley Dual Sport, the, the Pan America. Pan America. It's pretty sweet. It's a badass bike. I was impressed with that bike. I don't. He, he says it's much more comfortable than, than what we're riding. I haven't ridden it, so I wouldn't know, but it. It's a it's a cool looking bike. It's a cool yeah. bike. He but keeps if, right up. But if I'm gonna get a dual sport again, I'm gonna get KTM because it's built by a race company. If that's what's made for. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Harley Harley don't get me wrong. Harley did a good job. But what about if, the Africa Twin? Uh, I've ridden one once. It's kind of cool. I don't really have a lot enough time to give an educated opinion. Okay. How's that? Well put. Well put. Um, but At least he didn't say BMW. Yeah. <laughs> we have to kick him out. No, 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 yeah. no, no. But yeah, Dirt's the one. He came over and talked to me. We got to talking, and he told me about this uh, group of fellows that he hangs out with and what they're all about. So since I was actively in the police academy, he said, you know, look, you qualify and come out, meet the guys, have a conversation. And one thing led to another, and uh, my patch in date is October 1st of 2016. Damn. Wow. Seven years now. Very Hmm. cool. Good for you. Now, oldest age. Oldest age. Um, Yeah, definitely not him. (laughs) Because I'm older than him. There's a lot of uh, people older than you. Not older than you. Not Wayne. I'm not sure who. No. no. Older still. No, not in Utah, in the club. I I would say. Oh, okay. Late seventies, early eighties. Wow. And they still ride. That's not bad. Right. Good. Yeah, because we have one brother in New Mexico that he comes up here. He had to buy a trike. I was gonna say, yeah, tell you no if you get the old timers in. Yeah. How many trikes you got? <laughs> there's a few. So and like we, 
we have a brother that ended up getting hurt in an accident and almost died, but luckily he didn't. And uh, he still rides and he can't walk. His muscles are all messed up on his leg. And so he had to end up buying a trike and he's still out there riding. Um, We've had brothers that have lost a leg and uh, he now has a sidecar on his his bike. Still kicking. Yep. Was so. he at the uh, motorcycle rally? The sidecar is, uh, is he up here? No, no, oh. no. All right. There was a guy at the at the, at the Thanksgiving's Heroes motorcycle rally that had a trike or a uh, sidecar, and it was that was an old man. Yeah, and he had some money into that. Yeah, that yeah. it was beautiful. I, know, I remember the bike you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, it looked like it could be in the parade like right now. Yes. You know, ready to go. All right. So good stuff. And then, so you've got quite a quite a group. Youngest, youngest riders. You're, you're uh, right, yeah? twenty-one minimum age. Okay, so pretty good. Drink, pretty good spread. Yeah. Oh yeah, of guys. <laughs> and they do. I don't know. If I, I should have brought some, but uh, have you ever heard of Malort? Oh God, <laughs> Malort. Malort. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, I, this is one thing I don't understand about the Punishers is their love for Malort. I've never heard of it. You don't you're, want you're to. You're better off. So, but, <laughs> you're better off. It's just, is it a beer? Oh, no. See, it, at this it, point, you should have brought some and just had them try it so everybody can yeah. watch. Oh, yeah. That would have been fantastic. So, <laughs> I, I, Hey, yeah. I'll break it down really quick. Just go to go to YouTube and type in board. It's yeah, a, there, there's there, some There's a, there's a really funny video. Yeah. <laughs> just the name of it makes, <laughs> it makes me a little yeah. sweaty. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a, it's a brown liquor, isn't it? Yeah. Gross. It, it, it's a liquor. And a lord. Yeah. It, it's yeah. like licking a, licking a dirty sock. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm convinced the only reason that it stays like on the shelf <laughs> is because people buy it and say, hey, friends, try this. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, shit, I need to have these friends try it. Yeah. That's the only way it stays. Dirty. Oh, yeah. All right. But yeah, no, our, our prospects definitely drink that. So. Uh, we have yeah. we have a brother that's his road name is Malort, yeah. and he carries so, a bottle in his cup. Oh my god! So Malort, he actually the person. knew the person. Yeah. He knew that it, he was going to be drinking a lot of it, so he ended up going home drinking it every day until he ended up liking the the taste of it. Yeah, it is a very, very, very. That's a Georgia thing to do. That's a shit sandwich with no bread. Yeah. So I won't do. I I took my shot, and I don't need to touch it again. You're you're cured. I I am not cured of anything. Yeah, (laughs) Lord. Yeah, that baby. Oh man, well that's good stuff. I um I w- admire the uh, the mission of the Punishers and the history. It's a rich history and also the Brotherhood. I think that's amazing. Um, if you were to be talking to someone that's out shopping for uh, a club that kind of meets this criteria, um, what would be the thing that you would want them to consider most? Uh, so biggest thing I, I would say is the Brotherhood because. From what I have gotten from this club is that we will take care of our own at the drop of a hat. So, uh, for example, a couple of years ago, uh, I was riding down to Louisiana 
uh, for St. Patrick's Day party. <laughs> I like how he just casually yeah. says that. Oh, I was just riding right down to Louisiana. Louisiana. No uh, big deal. Yeah. Hung a left and <laughs> so, headed across the country. Yeah, so me and two other guys, we ended up going down south because we're like, hey, we want to try and get to where it's warmer. And unfortunately, timing, we uh, ended up being getting behind the cold front. And uh, I don't know if you've ever ridden through New Mexico, Albuquerque area. Oh, yeah. So just east of Albuquerque, it goes up through a mountain pass and good elevation gain. Um, well, on that pass, uh, I don't know if you've ever ridden by Braille. So once um, <laughs> Monarch so, Pass. No, you know you're in on the road when you hit the right rumble strips. Yeah. Then you go to the left. Then when you hit the left ones, you go back to the right. Yeah. So you know you're on the roadway. Uh, it was that bad of a blizzard. Oh. Um, I was actually up on my seat, on my knee, like I was riding a snowmobile, trying to see over oh. the headlight, because it, seriously, it looked like Star Wars coming at me. With you were in the vortex. Light, light speed. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we were riding, and we ended up pulling off of some random exit and to wipe off our headlights, kind of... Settle. assess everything and then jump back on the road because we were actually trying for an iron butt that day and we had like we were at 973 miles oh man tired and uh right behind us pulled in a new mexico state trooper and uh that officer was like hey first thing you guys are fucking nuts <laughs> <laughs> i like your style uh, yeah <laughs> and then been following your tire marks in the yeah. last 10 miles <laughs> so, and then he's like he said he was following us and waiting for us to crash so that he could call out the accident and help us but uh he ended up saying unfortunately we are shutting down the, the interstate we don't have the infrastructure to deal with this and we have to shut it down and so you guys can't get back onto the roadway and we're like well, shit, we are in the middle of nowhere. There's one hotel that we can see. And so we go over there, and since they had shut it down, all the rooms were booked. Actually, the guy right in front of us, and this guy was an asshole. Got the last room. Yeah. So he sees three of us in leathers and full winter gear. Soaking. Pull in on our motorcycles. We walk in right behind him, and he gets the last room that was available. And... He turns around and says, oh, there's a hotel like 10 minutes up the street. You guys can just drive up there. And we're like, like just, just so, drive up there. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're, you showed up in a car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so we were kind of stranded, but I called, up, called the other place. So we didn't just drive down there. And they were booked, fully booked. So I was like, okay, I have a phone number to the regional captain down here. I called the regional captain. I said, hey, do you have any brothers near here? It's 11.30 at night. Any brothers near here that we can just crash at their place for the night will be gone at 5 a.m. so that we can get on our way. And he's like, wait, where are you? You are 10 minutes from my house. I'll be right there. And he drove down. We followed him back to his house. And his wife made us coffee and had beer out. And they pulled out blankets. And we slept on couches and one mattress. And oh my yeah, God. so... I I had never met this brother before. Wow. So that is the type of brotherhood there is. And there are stories like this worldwide with the Punishers is I need help or I I see it all the time. Uh, People are throwing it out there. Hey, my kid is uh, having issues. They need help. 
and people will drop anything and go help out their brothers or their their brother's family members and that's really what what it is and one thing it's reoccurring is whenever someone does something for someone else like when i i thanked him for bringing us three into his home unexpected last minute and all he said was it's what we do Hmm. and we take care of anyone we can and especially brothers and it's what we do is is thrown out there all the time it's we take care of our own and take care of others and try and help where we can that's awesome yeah that is powerful stuff right there um a national 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 family um worldwide family worldwide family but that national i mean i'm not i can't see myself riding spain i don't see that in my future but cutting down to louisiana that's that's actually in the scope of reality that's that's comforting we're going where are we going in may I was about to say Germany, but that's Arkansas. Germany. Are you talking about the national? <laughs> <laughs> in May? Yeah, May. Remember, we're going to Germany. That's Arkansas. <laughs> France. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it, our 25th year anniversary is coming up for the club, so our European chapters are hosting are hosting an event in May. Oh, wow. Um, there's going to be thousands of Punishers there for this. In uh, France. In France. So they're meeting up in Paris, <laughs> and then they are riding up to Belgium uh, for a big party. Wow. So. What they do, like, don't get me wrong, I love what we do here in the States. Over in Europe, and I've, you know, you see it on our Facebook all the time, they bring countries together like we bring states together. I mean, it's about the same distance. <laughs> <laughs> now, that is very, that's very true. That's very true. Well, we, um, we only have two countries that we can bring into ours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's cool. Like, you'll see the posts, and you'll see, you know, there's France and Belgium and Italy, and there's still, you see all the different country rockers, and it's impressive. That is impressive. Something I learned relatively recently, though, that uh, motorcycle clubs in general, we think, you know, yeah, they started here and whatnot, but the scene out in Europe, like, the biggest motorcycle gang in the world is in Russia. Of all places, that were they the night wolves or the lone something wolves, and they're a, I guess a uh, bad, bad, bad group. But <laughs> but still, that like Europe has a very big motorcycle oh, scene. Oh, they, they absolutely yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. A lot of their motorcycles are weird, though. Like you know. Well, yeah, the sport guy that touring bikes. <laughs> <They're weird>. like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are they weird? Are they weird just because you can't get on them and like flat foot them? Yeah, I'm short, so I <laughs> slam all my bikes to the ground and make them badass. Yeah, that, right sense. there with you. It yeah. makes perfect sense yeah. to me. That's right. <laughs> no, the guy that the main guy of that that lone wolves or whatever they are, he's like Putin's right hand man. Oh wow! And he looks like the part. Like he, if you were to make a character in a movie of a Russian of a Russian motorcycle, motorcycle gang guy, the president of that club, he, he would, is it. Huh. And he rides it like a V Max. It's it's like the weird like it just doesn't. <laughs> He's a Honda guy. But I have That's a funny. I have a random question for you guys. So, you're the law enforcement motorcycle club, right? Yes. How the hell do you arrive at Punishers as a name? Is there a story behind that? That's a great oh. question. Come on, old timer. What do you got? Old timer. Oh, <laughs> goodness. Um, my understanding is we. So it derived from the military with the guardian on our back. So the skull that everybody calls it, it's called a guardian. Um, and it is there to protect us. Hmm. Hmm. So that is why that is on our back. 
where the name came from, honestly, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, same. Interesting. So, yeah. Uh, but, I don't really think there's an answer to that, really. Just yeah. um, with the, the Guardian, so the skull that we wear on our back and on our front round, um, in 2015, it actually came down to a worldwide vote because there was a couple different nicknames that depend where you live hmm. is what they called it. And they decided to hold a boat uh, for what it represents. And the Guardian is what it ended up being with a worldwide vote. And the Guardian really represents what we are. We are guardians of not just ourselves, it's there to guard us, uh, but also uh, we are the guardians of our communities, of our countries, of our states. Absolutely. So, Familiar with the term sheepdog, I guess? Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. Very cool. Great. That's a great answer. Can uh, I ask one? Go ahead. No, please. Yeah. So why are your eyes red and theirs are not? Is there a reason behind that? Yeah. So uh, the red eyes represent a national member. Okay. Uh, so I, I hold a national position. Um, and then uh, other members just have black eyes. We also have uh, another crew, which is about... What is it? What they say it was like 1.3% of our entire club. Oh, black ops. Yeah, so we have a black ops crew, which uh, you have to have three years uh, in good standing with the club before you can, can even apply to get this position. And they only accept a few guys a year in the entire club. Hmm. Uh, but the black ops crew, uh, it's... A recognition of service for what they've done whether it's special forces in the military SWAT um, wow. so you have to have specialized uh, training and experience and it, it takes quite a bit to be able to to earn those patches and those ones are actually black and gray with red eyes oh wow huh, huh. interesting so if you guys are um, so you guys are a law enforcement Ellie Right. Yes. And now we're we're very new to the this scene and all the different symbols and everything that's going on, but most of the other MCs, mm -hmm. uh, like they flat out when when we sat down with the Rogue Souls, they said that law enforcement and motorcycle clubs don't really uh, commingle. Is that been a problem for you guys from outside clubs, or they just steer clear completely from you? No. The so every once in a while we'll we'll get checked to see if they can push us around and. Uh, I worked in the prison. I work max, death row, like, sorry, you don't scare not, me. Not I, scary. I, I've been face-to-face -face with true, genuine evil. Yeah. You, you've experienced that, I guarantee it, working in the prison. Like, there there are some some people that just have that black shroud around them. And, and yeah, I, I'm sorry, I, I'm going to do my thing. But a big thing with that is they don't realize is we have – we're just like them. We have that longing for brotherhood, mm -hmm. for that camaraderie of like-minded people and people that you want to surround yourself with. And with law enforcement, eh, we need that time to decompress. And, and a safe place. And, and a safe place. And that, that's where, at least for me, uh, I can speak for myself, is that's where I find the law enforcement motorcycle club because I, I have a true passion for motorcycles. I absolutely love them. Uh, to where, like, I ride, I get paid to ride a Harley. Then I go home and ride 
couple more Harleys. And I want to start a business educating and training people on Harleys and, uh, or even motorcycles. It doesn't matter. But, um, he just doesn't want to train them on the BMWs. That's why he's going to leave it to me. Yeah. I so, appreciate your commitment to it, honestly. Yeah. Um, like, uh, but I, I really, that is my way of decompressing and being able to get a lot of the stresses out because I, I'm like a normal guy. I don't, Personally, I, I don't go to therapy. I know it helps people. I have gone to a therapy session. It wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. This is my outlet. Uh, I've seen some pretty gruesome things, um, especially being the fatal accident investigator. And I can tell you there, there are times where I have to get on my bike and, and ride just to... Cook it out. Yep. And that's what the brotherhood is about, too, is... We are in similar situations where um, we can really lean on each other and trust each other, but we also have that passion for motorcycles and that brotherhood and that com- camaraderie. And and to the ones that say, oh, law enforcement has no business in the motorcycle club world, uh, I'm sorry, but I, I wholeheartedly disagree. Uh, we all get some of the best riders so, in the world. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, like, and do I have anything against any of those other clubs? Absolutely not, because they found a group for them that they can bond with and have that passion. And this is my group, and we ha- all have the same passion, and I, I get along with them, they get along with me, and we really do care about each other. And so, really, like, doesn't matter your background your club organization you want to be a lone wolf doesn't matter as long as you have that brotherhood have that camaraderie or are able to decompress that way so it it, it, this is my club and i absolutely love it hell yeah that is a great answer i love phenomenal answer. answer yeah the, um, the thing that we, when we started to put our group together, and no comparison, of course, you guys have been around a long time, but um, this is a missing link that I think is happening in our culture right now amongst men is a, a place, and I, I don't like to use the word safe, but let's just say safe. I can hang out with these guys. I trust these guys. I trust them to ride with them. They ride like I do. They're not doing some crazy shit. You know what I mean? They're there's some crazy shit, right, but it's, it's it's within the realm of crazy shitness. You know what I mean? Right. There's, but it's this is just my crew, and I can ride with these boys, and I know that the guy behind me is safe, and the guy in front of me is safe, and I can pull over, and I can be like, man, you're not gonna believe the week I just had, and I can I can have that space, and I just think it's incredibly rare. And, anymore and when I we were talking about it how like our fathers in that generation you know there was like bowling leagues and um, baseball baseball teams and all kinds of things where these dudes were getting together and just hanging out and doing nothing except for hanging out and doing something that they enjoy doing together just doesn't happen anymore especially since we've had COVID there's just this huge separation happening I think that there's a lot of isolation happening amongst men and so I'm a huge supporter of like, I don't care what you're doing, but get to doing it with other dudes because that have the same interests or goals or direction. It could be the gym. I don't, you know, there's a guy that is part of our club. He's part of an RC club. Mm-hmm. Those little road, those radio cars, man, he loves those guys. And those are his boys. And I think that's where it's at. I think we need to promote more of this because it's healthy for us. Us guys need some dude time. 
Oh, absolutely. I have four daughters. Oh, you need it more than anyone else. Yeah. Get me out of the house, man. I got to do some. It's a rescue from time to time. Yeah. <laughs> Help! I always joke there's a lot of crying and whining, and that's me. Just got to go into my room after a while. Just leave me alone. I'm going on a ride, man. Do you also find that the bathroom is, the, is your safe place? Yeah. yeah. Or on the bike. I got two spots. It's safe. Well, yeah. When you're at the house, you're like, you go inside, you lock yourself. Leave me alone. Yeah, yeah. My hideout. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Kind of going along with that is uh, we currently have a prospect. He is younger in his law enforcement career to the point where he is always on alert, always watching everything, hyper alert, hyper aware. And I'm sure you've experienced it is where you actually get burned out yeah. very quickly because you are always that. on edge. Yeah, I can't sustain and, that. And when he started hanging around with us, like he was very quiet, very reserved, and he was just watching everybody. And seeing him come into our group and starting to open up, uh, he's actually been able to relax because he knows he, he's feeling that camaraderie, that brotherhood of I can trust these guys to be myself and I can actually decompress and not have to be hyper vigilant all the time. And that's really what it is, too. It's time to decompress. I can relax because I know these guys have my back. Sure. Now, so, to so. your point that you said, um, when you, you said you didn't want to say the word safe space, I think that's, that's actually one of the best terms that you could put for it. Hmm. I know that that term gets thrown around in other contexts. Yeah. But, you know, for us and for you, like, the way that we feel safe is so much different than the way the general public would say they feel safe. So for one of us to say that I feel safe with this group of people, I know I can drink with you, I know I can ride with you, I know I can confide in you. You know, to that point, like when I had my accident, um, thankfully I was riding with one of our brothers and he put out a text in the, in the chat and when I wake up in the hospital, I'm looking at his face, who is standing over me, and he's on the phone with my dad. I'm trying to get him out here and getting getting somebody out to me. Oh, so, you know, knowing that I have these kind of people in my life, yeah, it is in fact a safe space. Yeah. <laughs> just to, just to throw it out, I was actually li- literally on my way to Sturgis. He was on va- going to vacation and stopped his vacation because it's that important. I was in the hospital. It was, yeah. Wow, powerful. powerful. Yeah. yeah. I think um, about my time in law enforcement, and some, t- some of the only guys I could confide in were in the business because you can't, how do you explain yeah. that accident? How do you explain that horse thing that happened where people are going to be like, dude, get, I get it. This is how I dealt with it. This is how I got through it because you can't explain the the way that those experiences will bubble up into your marriage or they'll bubble up into your relationship at, in all these other spaces because it's that is something you can't unsee and you've got to have a place where you can unload it a little bit. And do you do it through therapy or journaling or drinking or other behaviors that sometimes law enforcement go into, which goes back to what we were talking about earlier with that mental health uh, awareness that you guys have and, and the support that you're putting out there because there's no safe place that you can unload or download that bullshit that sometimes builds up. And if you don't have a place to go like this, where do you go? 
Yeah. You go to divorce. You go to, you, the, you go to the bottle. You go to the bottle. I knew a lot of heavy drinkers that were in the business back then, and I'm, I wasn't a drinker back then. And I, I just remember feeling like a tremendous amount of like, what the fuck do I do with all of this? You know. And so I, and it never really occurred to me the value of what you guys are doing for one another or showing up in that light. That's amazing. So, thank you for sharing that. That's powerful stuff. Um, we here at the American Mastermind are grateful that you've listened to our podcast and been a part of our event today. Thank you, gentlemen, for showing up and explaining your club. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please share it. Um, get it out there. The Punishers, they are an amazing organization, a worldwide organization, and they're looking for good people, like-minded gentlemen, to show up and be a part of their organization and engage in service in the community. They've showed up for my nonprofit and supported me, and so much gratitude coming from uh, Thanksgiving Heroes. And I want you to know that uh, this is needed in, the, in our world right now. This is a big deal. If you happen to ride a motorcycle, check these guys out. They have a Facebook page. Of course, we'll put some uh, um, of their links into the comments here so you can um, follow up and check in with these guys and see how things are going and be a part of the movement to do good on a motorcycle. That's an amazing thing. Um, thanks for tuning in and being a part of the American Mastermind podcast. We will talk to you next time. Thank you. Thank you.